Lord, thank you once again for the opportunity to come to your house, dear Lord, and giving your son to die for us, dear Lord. And thank you for each person that's in the church this evening, dear Lord. And just be with Dennis, dear Lord, the choir, dear Lord. And just let us lift your name up high, dear Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Some glad morning. We shall see Jesus in the air.
Boy, I tell you, it's choir. I enjoy watching you as well as hear you. I mean, you can tell they're enjoying who they're singing about. Got a smile, that does a lot, don't it? And uh, it's good to be back in the evening service. Thank you so much for coming. Those joining us by way of internet, thank you as well for joining us in our evening service. Let's all stand as the choir comes down. Let's greet one another. Tell somebody you love them tonight. shaking hands you may be seated we get our ushers ready this evening take up our offering and uh, it's been a good day in the Lord I thank the Lord for what he's done today in our service this morning and what he's doing right now in our service this evening and uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer we've got so uh, much to pray for folks in our church to pray for sickness and uh, those that are recovering from surgery and just different things going on. And uh, I'm glad that we can take our petitions to the Lord, aren't you? And just uh, pray on people's behalf. But let's ask God's blessings and then uh, on the offering and then Reed's going to come and sing and then Brother Virgil and his mother, I don't know who all's singing, but uh, they're going to come and sing for us and we're looking forward to that as well. Lord, we thank you so much for what you've done in our service this morning but Lord we're excited about what's happening right now and Lord I pray that you'd move in our hearts in a special way that Lord you'd not only bless the offering and you would bless and touch Reed as he sings and brother Virgil and his mother and the family that'll be coming to sing but Lord I pray for the preaching of your precious word and what an honor it is to stand and to preach. And God, I ask you to use me your, as a servant. That's all I am as a servant. And Lord, I humble myself before you and I ask you, Lord, to manifest yourself through me. Speak to our hearts, Lord. And give us something, Lord, that we can take and go to our homes and, Lord, apply throughout the week. In Jesus' name, amen. Sing this, my voice is hoarse a little bit. What's that wonderful name of Jesus? What's that wonderful name?
Check one, one, two. Okay. Check one, one, two. Check one, one, two. I'd like to read a verse from the Hebrews chapter 11. Where those... This is the faith chapter, and it tells of many people in the Old Testament who were people of faith. And it says that they desire a better country that is a heavenly country. Wherefore, God is not ashamed, for he called them. to this city.
walk of life aren't you glad this world isn't our home we're just passing through I'd hate to think this was my home from here on out and I had to deal with what we're dealing with in this old world but it's not my home in fact my citizenship's in heaven and I thank the Lord for that if you have your Bibles tonight turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 17 Matthew chapter 17, I want to read the first eight verses, and then I want to share with you a thought out of these verses. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, or Elijah, talking with them. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, <laughs> It is good for us to be here. Boy, I like old Peter. Peter reminds me of me. <laughs> old Peter talked when he shouldn't have talked, and he should have been quiet at times, and then he was quiet when he should have talked. When he should have prayed, he was sleeping. <laughs> oh, me. But watch this. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them. I like that. And said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. I'm interested in a thought tonight. We find the Mount of Transfiguration recorded three times in the three Gospels. In Matthew chapter 17, Mark chapters 9, and Luke chapters 9. And when we look at this, there is an unusual thing that takes place in the lives of these three disciples, Peter, James, and John. And I got to thinking about it, if you'll notice there were two that appeared, Moses and Elijah. Now that tells us right there that when we die, it's not the end of us. Moses had been dead 1,500 years, and he appears on the Mount of Transfiguration. P Peter, James, and John didn't know that they were going to be up there. But I want you to notice something. Aren't you glad that we're going to get to see our loved ones again. I like that thought. I like that promise. I like that truth that we're going to get to be with them one of these days again. And that is a promise from God. And I want us for a few moments to get some previews from this passage of Scripture on kingdom living. 
Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about looking into another world and seeing things that the average, ordinary, normal people don't ever see. I want us to get some previews, and to get these previews, we've got to do three things tonight. First of all, we've got to check out the privileges of the three disciples, Peter, James, and John. To get these previews, we've got to secondly pay carefully or closely attention in listening to the proclamation of the two, which is Moses and Elijah. And then we've got to make sure that we recognize the preeminence of the one, the Lord Jesus Christ. All of this takes place on this mountain. And so Peter, James, and John, Jesus takes them up on this mountain And I got to thinking about this. I wonder, have you ever wondered in reading this, why was it just three disciples when they were 12? Why didn't Jesus take all 12 up on that mountain? I don't know. It could have been that maybe these three were more sympathetic than the others. Or maybe Jesus said these three need it the most. It could be (laughs) that Jesus took his three troublemakers and left Andrew down in the valley to take care of the rest of the boys. After all, Peter was quick to wield the sword. James and John had earned the title Sons of Thunder. If you remember, it was them that got their mama involved in petitioning Jesus so they could have a position on the throne on each side of the Lord when he came into his kingdom. It could be that these three went with him, but he had invited all 12 of them. But only three of them thought it was important enough to pull aside from their busy schedule. And to go to that mountaintop to spend with Jesus. Boy, I'm telling you, we don't know the answers to these questions. But what I do know in looking at this, they experience some privileges that have helped me in looking at these verses. And I want to share with you eight privileges that they had up there on the mountaintop. And dealing with the privileges of the three. Now watch this. First of all, they enjoyed the privilege to know the leadership of the Lord. Mark's account tells us that Jesus led them up into a high mountain. Now, when I looked at that, can I say this? There isn't anything in this world that will bring greater joy to the heart of the child of God than to know they're being led by the Lord. There's no greater joy than that in this world. And these three disciples had went with Jesus. I mean, what a blessing it is to know that my steps are being ordered by the Lord. I mean, that brings joy and peace in our lives just to know the Lord's directing us and we're right where we need to be. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Have you ever been in a place where you were not in the will of God? Have you ever missed God's plan for your life? Have you ever fallen short of a plan that you knew God had just for you? And for some selfish reason, you decided to go in another direction. Can I just say this? I thank God, not only do I want to know God's will, I want to be in God's will and be obedient and submissive to Him. And it's important to be in His will. And I want to know and I want to do God's will, do whatever it is He's called me to do. What a privilege 
Divine leadership is a privilege that God affords people who really want to know him. Who really want to not just know his will, but be in his will. What a privilege. Number two, they had the privilege of to spend some quiet quality time apart upon a high mountain retreat just with Jesus. I wonder how many of us would be up for that kind of experience tonight. To leave Peter, James, and John went with Jesus and they left and they got away from the crowd. Oh, that God would help us tonight in our lives that we would take the time to pull ourselves away from the crowd, away from our busy schedules, away from the things of this world and go with Jesus on a mountain retreat and spend some quiet quality time apart from everything else just with him. I believe if we did that, folks, we'd have revival. That would be the key, the first step in having revival is meeting with the Lord. Because the closer you get to him, the more you'll be like him. <laughs> and the Lord wants revival. And so they had that privilege. What a privilege it is to spend time with our blessed Savior. Can I say number three? They had the privilege to be in a special prayer meeting <laughs> with Jesus himself. Wouldn't you like to have been there and heard him pray? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to have been in the Garden of Gethsemane and heard Jesus pray? I mean, wouldn't you like to be there when Jesus prayed for you and me in the world in John 17 when he said in verse number 3, he said, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Oh, I'd like to have been there to heard Jesus pray. But I'm glad tonight that Jesus does pray for you and me. When we don't pray like we should, Jesus says, Father, this is what Dennis is praying, but this is what he really needs, and this is what he's really saying. <laughs> and so we don't get what we've asked for, but God gives us what's best for us. I'm glad that he does that, because there's times that shoot, if, he gave, if he gave us some things in our lives that we didn't need, it might have ruined us and destroyed us, but God was looking out for us as his children, and he says, no, I'm not going to answer it in that way, or I'm going to wait on this so you'll learn to, the, to be faithful, and your, your faith will increase, your prayer life will be strengthened as you keep praying. And then sometimes he answers it immediately. And he says yes. But one way or another, Jesus does answer. And so when I thought about this, I thought about what the psalmist said in Psalm 5 verse 3. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. Boy, that's powerful. That means the very first thing you do in the morning. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. That's a powerful verse. Why? Because prayer is valuable. And it's valuable because it's through the power of prayer that it moves God's hand. It's powerful. Let me mention a couple of things here real quickly. Prayer is a sin killer. When you really begin to pray, you'll either give up sinning or you'll give up praying. It'll be one or the other. You can't do both. You'll pray. I mean, when a person really begins to pray, they'll give up sin. You see... When a person has sin in their life, their prayers are hindered. But a person who absorbs 
His or her life devoted to prayer. Sin will not dominate in that prayer warrior's life. It can't. Why? Because you're close to God. And prayer is a sin killer. Prayer is a power bringer. In Acts 2 is a good example of that. If you remember, when the church was in one accord and they prayed, the power of God came down on those believers who were waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And man, you're talking about power in that. It brought the power of God down. And can I say this? And I don't believe I'm out of line by saying it. There's no church that will have spiritual power unless there is effectual, fervent prayer being offered on its behalf. It can't happen. If you want the power of God, God's people's got to pray. Prayer is a power bringer. It brings the power of God. Prayer is also a victory giver. (laughs) Boy, I'm telling you, when a Christian prays, They're an overcomer. Their prayers, when they pray, it strengthens their faith. They grow stronger in the Lord. I like 1 John 5, 4 and 5. That's one of my two favorite verses. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? Question mark. He that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. We are overcomers because it's in Him. I'm glad that prayer is a victory bringer. And it's when we get into the presence of the Lord in prayer. I tell you, if we are going to be victorious and make a difference in the lives of others, we've got to pray. Prayer is a victory giver prayer is a holiness producer that means when you pray it gives you a burning desire to want to live a holy and christ-like life it just produces it in you when you get close to god oh can i just say prayer is an obstacle remover sometimes you want something removed the best way to remove it is to pray Let me give you an example. In Acts 12, Peter was in prison and the church was in a prayer meeting and they were praying on Peter's behalf. And they ceased not to pray on behalf of Peter. But Peter was asleep in the prison in between two Roman soldiers bound by two chains. But the result of prayer, God opened up them prison doors that had Peter bound and set him free. Prayer was an obstacle remover. And when Peter went to that door, that damsel Rhoda came. He was knocking. And when she heard Peter's voice, she recognized him. But man, she is so tickled to death. She didn't even open the door and let him in. She went back to those in that prayer meeting to tell them, Peter's out there. You know what they did? They thought she was mad that she had seen Peter's angel. And when they went to the door and saw that it was Peter, they were astonished. Can I say that if you ever want an obstacle to be removed, (laughs) we've got to pray. Prayer is the key. It'll change the way you live and love others when you pray. Prayer's important. Let me say something else. Prayer is a Christ revealer. And I... I tell you, the best way to reveal Christ in our lives, the best way is to stay in close communion and fellowship with Jesus. It's a proven fact. The more you hang around a person, the more you'll become like them. That's why it is so important to run around with the right crowd. Because you run around with the wrong crowd, don't you think you're going to change them? They'll change you. Let me tell you, the best company to hang around is Jesus. (laughs) Because when you hang around him, 
you'll become more like him every day. Now, let me mention another privilege, and I need, I need to move on. They had the privilege of seeing Jesus transfigured before them. That means here's what happened. The glory that was on the inside became visible on the outside. Deity overshadowed humanity. In other words, Christ became God in their presence. Lord have mercy. God revealed himself in his glory on that mountaintop. Man, I'd like to know what that looked like. That had to have been something. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. What if Jesus decided to do that for us tonight? What if he said, I'm going to turn each and every one of you inside out? I wonder what would the world see? Would they see pride? The parade of the flesh? Egotism? Jealousy? Strife? Envy? Would they see prestige or popularity? Would they see bitterness or an unforgiving spirit? If Jesus turned us inside out, what would the world see? Did you know that you and I are always standing in the blazing sunlight of God's knowledge all the time? He knows us inside and out. Nothing is hid from the eyes of the Lord. In fact, Jesus knows us. He made us. He knows what we think before we say it. He knows everything about us. They had the privilege of seeing Jesus transfigured. Number five, they had the privilege of seeing two of God's choice servants from the Old Testament. I don't know, but it looks like that Peter, James, and John knew them to me. They had never seen them. They didn't live in their time. This was back in the Old Testament. But it seems like that Peter knew them. <laughs> I'm sure they heard about them. I know they did. And they thought, finally, we're meeting two of God's choice servants. If you remember Moses, Moses died. Elijah went up in a whirlwind. A picture of death and a picture of the rapture, and they ended up with Jesus. <laughs> God in heaven. Either way, we're going, aren't we? Let me move on. They had another privilege. Boy, I like this one. They had the privilege to feel the atmosphere of a better country. I like this one because this is where I want to stay. And if you remember, they was up on this mountain with Jesus. In Luke's account, they were talking about what was going to happen to Jesus just days outside of Jerusalem. And Peter got to feeling the atmosphere of another country. And he got to feeling it so great that he said, Lord, can I suggest something? Let's just stay right here and let's build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, had he not felt the atmosphere of a, of a better, then why would he say that? He was feeling the atmosphere. Now, I don't criticize Peter for saying that because here's what Peter was really, really saying. He was saying, I've never felt anything like this before. Why? I'm going places in my spiritual journey that I've never been before. And I like it. I just want to stay right here. I'd just soon not see anything else or go anywhere else and just stay right here. Don't you like it when God's touch is on the singing and God's touch is on the choir? 
and God's touch is on the preaching and the atmosphere. We start feeling the atmosphere of a better country because Jesus is moving in our midst. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to have church to be having church. I want to feel God's presence. I want to feel the atmosphere of a better country. I tell you, it gets on when the Lord starts moving. He'll bring people to the altar. Somebody will weep and tears will stream down their face. Somebody might shout because the Lord has touched them and blessed them. I'm telling you, I like to feel it. And we like to just say, I want to just stay here. It don't bother you to stay here two or three hours when you feel the atmosphere of another country. But boy, if you don't feel nothing, we're pretty much ready in an hour. But we better be careful that we're not hindering because he wants to move. And sometimes we don't want him to move. Why? Why, he knows what we think in these pews. Oh, I wish he'd hush. The Lord hears that. In other words, you're not saying me to hush. You're telling him to hush. Because the words, what's going out, the Holy Spirit brings it. Now, are we sitting and we think, man, I've got things to do. Let's get this done so I can get home. Boy, doesn't that hurt the Spirit? That nobody would just soon be around him but to be at home doing something else. Boy, I believe the Lord when he looked over Jerusalem and wept. And he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Thou, they were stoning the prophets. And he said, oh, how I would have loved to gather you as a hen gathers her brood. But ye would not. We're living in days of ye would not. People that don't want the power. In fact, I think sometimes the power of God scares people. They don't want it to happen because it scares them. Hey, it don't scare me. It excites me. Man, I'm looking any moment to run around this church. I'm just waiting on God just to plunge it in me and just go to running and shouting. Somebody say, well, they think you'll crazy we're on the internet let them think it I'm crazy for Jesus I get more excited for Jesus than I do anything else in this old world because it's about him after all folks don't he live in us it's got to affect us somehow oh they had that privilege (laughs) of being in a better atmosphere feeling the atmosphere of a better country Seven, they had the privilege to hear God speak audibly. (laughs) One of these days, we're going to get to hear the author tell us about what the book was saying. We'll know it. There's some things I'd like to know, wouldn't you? I don't understand. I'll get to not only see Jesus face to face, but I'll get to hear him speak audibly. Boy, I believe that the voice of God will be a voice like we've never heard before. (laughs) It'll be different. We'll get to hear him speak on. Let me say lastly, they had the privilege of being touched and comforted. They were afraid. That's what the Bible said. But let me say this. Notice verse 7. And Jesus came and touched them. I like, I just like that. And Jesus came and touched them. And Jesus came and touched them. I like it to get in a service when Jesus comes and touches them. He'll come to you in your heartaches and he'll touch you. He'll come to you when you're burdened and he'll touch you. He'll come to you when you feel like giving up and he'll touch you. He'll come to you when you just are discouraged and depressed and you can't seem to get up above the waters. Jesus will come by in that state and touch you. And when he touches you, you'll never be the same. Oh, there's nothing like the touch of the Lord. 
Have you ever been by that bedside of that son or daughter, father, mother, aunt, uncle in that hospital room and God came by and touched you? Have you ever been in a service where you saw God move and he began to touch people in the service? I like to feel his touch. There's I'd like to have his touch every day. When Sunday's here and I'm having a good time, Mondays are coming. And when Monday morning comes, I want God to come by my way and touch me. And give me the strength that I need for this week. Do you need God's touch? I like that over there in Mark where he says, touch me again, O Lord. You remember that blind man, Jesus had to touch him twice? So he could see. <laughs> and he saw men as trees. And then he saw every man clearly when Jesus touched him again. Touch me again, O oh Lord, that I might see you more clearly. And see sin for what it is. Touch me again, O oh Lord, that I can see that lost soul that's dying and getting ready to bust hell wide open. Touch me again, O oh Lord. That I could have a compassion for others and have a burden for revival. That spiritual awakening that will only come when God's people are praying. All oh, the privileges. Have you seen the previews of kingdom living tonight by checking out the privileges of the three disciples? And make sure we hear closely the proclamation of the two that came, Moses and Elijah. <laughs> Wonder why they showed up. They just showed up and then they're gone. I think God was trying to show them something up there on that mountain. <laughs> oh, then by recognizing the preeminence of the one. Jesus. The Bible said they saw no, they saw nobody save Jesus only. He's the only one, folks, we need to see. Don't need to look at preachers. You start looking at a preacher and following a preacher, he'll fail you. And it'll devastate your life. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, he'll never let you down. He'll never fail you. He'll always lead you in the right direction. May God help us tonight. Let's stand. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I ask you, Lord, to help us tonight. Oh, Lord, this prayer thing's got a hold of me. And Lord, how powerful and valuable prayer is. We could just get a hold of our prayer lives and make it more than what it should be. I guess, Lord, out of this whole sermon, you've spoke to me in this way. I just take the time to pull away from the crowd to pull away from my busy schedule to pull away from the things of the world and just get along with you and spend some quiet quality time up on a mountain retreat just with you oh there's no telling Lord what you'd do in our lives if we just if we did that once a week at least Lord, it'd be good if we could do it daily. And I pray, Lord, that tonight in this invitation, Lord, that I don't know how you've spoke to hearts, but Lord, I pray that whatever it is, it's helped somebody tonight. Help us to be obedient in what you'd have us to do, whether to come to pray or whatever it is, Lord, you'd move us to do. In Jesus' name. As we sing, the altar's open. We're just going to sing two verses. And if nobody comes, we're going to close.
good week this week and whoever we come in contact with we might have the opportunity to share Jesus with them and they'll get saved Zachary I'm going to ask you to come close us in prayer I don't get to do that to him much but I'm going to tonight I like to hear him pray I'm proud of this boy here he's grown a lot since we've come to this church and appreciate him and Courtney you pray for them uh, they'll be getting married in June they're getting too excited it went from January back <laughs> uh, pray for them and in their school and uh, let's remember all of our young people all of our kids in school go ahead Lord, thank you, Lord, for allowing us all to come together in good health. And, Lord, there's so much that each of us go through. and there's, <laughs> To list them all, it would take hours. But, Lord, I know that you're in control. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, that our own selfish ways wouldn't get in the way of your will. So, Lord, I ask, Lord, for your will to be done. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that as we go home through our weeks, that you would stay on our mind, that work wouldn't interfere with our relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.